What? That's not the usual theme music. Today we're talking to Daniel Wagg, and you are hearing one of his songs. It's called Hey Honey from his band called Sneaker Club. We uh, got permission to use the music in the podcast, so uh, we're good to go. We're clear. No lawsuits coming in. We had a great conversation with Dan. We talked about music. We talked about the uh, life working in a grocery store, and we got into what happens in faith communities when we feel like we need to seem as if we've got it all figured out and that there's a lot of freedom in taking our time and giving ourselves grace. So without any further ado, here's a conversation with myself, Adam, Keegan, and Daniel Wagg. All right, I'm here with the whole gang. We got Adam, we got Keegan, and we've got the one and only Daniel Wagg. The illustrious. Of Sneaker Club. Unfortunately, yeah, he can't sign my face through this Zoom call, (laughs) but uh, we'll have to just do with basking in his presence. What's up, man? One of these days, one of these days. I'm doing good. I'm not up to too much. I uh, I went to the grocery store right before we started doing this and i got free groceries what i like i so i went to zares and i i go in i go to the self-checkout um because i want to be in and out as fast as possible and then i'm i scan all my groceries and then it does a thing where it asks you how you want to pay and i said no and walked out <laughs> yeah exactly that's exactly i didn't what even happened. think of that option that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> but i like go and i press the button for like m- using a card to pay and then normal and then it goes to a screen and it says like follow the instructions on the like debit machine and i go okay and then it waits a few seconds nothing pops up on the machine and then it just goes back to the screen and asks me to choose payment again so i like call the very nice lady over and i was like oh it's not working and then she goes okay so she like prints out a receipt and tries to take it to another one and then it what it wasn't working she couldn't pull it back up and she turns to me she just goes i guess you're getting free groceries today and i was like are you i was like i was like seriously and then she goes she goes yeah i don't really know if she was allowed to do it or not Yeah, but uh, maybe but anyways, it's a good job. Day, we won't man. say what location, but Rob Robin Hood of the grocery store here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyways, I walked out. I walked out the door with free groceries before they could take take it back. Amazing beauty. Yeah, that's maybe, awesome. Maybe she listened to last week's podcast with Olivia that we or that we that was released last week about redistributing potato chips, and she was inspired to to again just redistribute wealth and goods in a, in a, in a very revolutionary way. There you go. I think maybe that she's a grocery store worker that's been through a absolutely ridiculous year and she's just that like, ah, just take them. Yeah, exactly. You know, I work at a grocery store and oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so thankful we don't have a self checkout. I'm also not a cashier, so I'm not, I'm not burdened by it either way, but like, I know like sometimes when I've been on the cash registers and sometimes someone's like, I don't know, someone's trying to finesse a deal or something like that. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, fine. You can have, yeah, two for 10. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just take it and go. Like, can I get, can, get I get, can I get the discount for having bulk of these? Oh, you're like one short. Yeah, fine. Take it. Go. 
This is the uh, the inside track of uh, grocery store work, you know. Listen up, everybody. Yeah. These are tips for saving money on the day-to-day. We're never going to get sponsored by a grocery store because I critiqued them at Good Friday, and now we're revealing all the inner secrets about how to, yeah, how, to how to get loopholes in the system. So I don't think Galen Weston is ever going <laughs> to buy ad space here. Yeah, exactly. Loblaws is openly turning on us. <laughs> also, there's a Zares in Burlington. I have never seen that. Where? No, I'm asking. Didn't you say you were at Zares? Oh, I'm in I'm in Guelph. I'm in Guelph because oh, I, right, I live right. in Guelph. So I was at I was at Zares because they have Fortinos down there in Burlington. Yeah, and, yeah, we get real fancy got, up there. They got Zares in like KW Guelph area. They they had Longos in Burlington. That was my first job ever. I was working in a grocery store, man. Stocking oh, really? stocking the veg section or whatever. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> awful job oh <laughs> uh, yeah i just like stock stuff on the shelves i like throw it up on this yeah. I, I, I work at i work at goodness meat right so it's like a kind of more natural health food oh, organic like health food kind of thing yeah and oh, yeah. so it's really awkward it's it's awkward when people ask for recommendations on like for like personally like i'm not vegan and so i eat things like regular cheese mm-hmm and they're like, which one's which one's a good vegan cheese? None of them. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I, don't I, I was like, I don't eat vegan cheese. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dan, I gotta congratulate you because when I was in high school, the word around town was that that uh, the goodness meat only hired attractive people, and it was like this whole controversy with my friends trying to get jobs there. So, uh, congratulations, man. Your Guelph yeah, style. I really, I, I really try. I try my best. That was kind of that was kind of the vibe I was getting in the uh, in the interview. You know, when they were kind of asking me what my skincare routine was. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a strapping young lad here. It's time to sign him up. Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, show them, show them, like, uh, just give them uh, some sneaker club merch because I mean they like. Are cl- they have hired a celebrity, and I do mean that because Sneaker Club has much more uh, of an online presence of a following social media fans than like than I think the Hub or frankly any of the camps have. Like Sneaker Club blew up, so maybe even before we start off, Dan, like how uh, how is uh, can you tell us a little bit about like just uh, how Sneaker Club. Uh, came to be because this is a great band that you are leading and writing and singing and playing for yeah yeah so yeah so right now right so right now just start things off sneaker club is on like a break right now we just live all across ontario Mm. pandemic where you know every two weeks we're getting told to stay at home again and so anyways the sneaker club started when i was in college and uh mostly it started like in my second year of college there's some guy there was this one there was one guy in particular Brian who's the drummer and he uh him and I always kind of st- talked about starting a band and we just we just never did it and then one of Brian's friends was just like texting him one time and I guess was under the impression that he was in a band and was like oh how's your band doing and blah blah and then I think Brian Brian in an attempt not to uh embarrass himself he was like oh it's going pretty good pretty good (laughs) and uh and his friend was like oh cool like my band is 
coming to London to play this show and we need another band. Does your band want to like, does your band want to open for us? And he just was like, yup. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> I always say yes. False pretense. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day, Brian came into class and he was like, so I told my friend that I have a band. <laughs> and he goes, so I guess we really got to do this now. And I was like, uh, I guess, yeah. So we grabbed John and Luke the other two guys i lived with luke at the time and yeah we had like a month to get like a short set together and that's kind of that's how all that started genesis nice Mm -hmm. that's a great origin then you guys blew up you've had like thousands of listens on spotify and on other like you guys have hit some pretty great benchmarks for some of your first singles and stuff yeah it was it was crazy yeah just like any of the numbers or anything like that we were just completely kind of dumbfounded by how it happened like we did not we didn't really do anything it just kind of like started getting i didn't people it started spotify has like playlists where it's like you have like discover weekly or release radar where it's like it's like either new music or it's like oh we could because of what you listen to you might like this and i guess it kind of started getting put onto like those kind of playlists for people and then yeah it just kind of the numbers kind of kept going up and up and up which is pretty sweet Oh, they're great songs. Thank you. Yeah, maybe as our uh, as our intro outro music, we should uh, get the license for a sneaker club track for this episode. <laughs> no license required. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say no to the license. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you guys are not getting one. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll wave it for you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, beauty. Wow, so thoughtful. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you make some great music, but I'm sure you've been uh, wrong a time or two in your life, Mr. Wag. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. Could you uh, could you tell me about a time that you were wrong as a child? I yeah, I can. I had to like, and this this wasn't me being like, um, I was a perfect child or anything like that. Okay. But I was like, I was having like a hard time because like I had like stories of like times where I was just like, like dumb and did dumb things as a kid. But a time where I was like wrong. There was, um, I had to call my mom and ask her about it. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine's got the dirt. Yeah, she was able, she was able to fill me in. And so, um. (laughs) She gave you probably more content than you needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, when I was young, when I was younger, I, um, I would, there was like, there was things that I just hated to do around, you know, the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was like doing dishes my ultimate one was i hated gardening i hated like pulling weeds out of our garden yeah. and stuff like that and so i would i would be in this habit of um like of just doing like a, a poor job at <laughs> at those things and like weeding the garden and like leaving so much stuff that still had to get done or like cleaning like the kitchen and just like leaving dishes still like all over the counter and was that out of like laziness or out of like because the, there's also the thing where you're like if i do a bad enough job they won't ask me to do this anymore <laughs> no it was definitely out of laziness it was definitely <laughs> out of just like i don't want to do this <laughs> and so i would and i would like can i would convince myself i was done i would like, <laughs> i would like i would like gaze across the kitchen and still see like dirty plates and stuff like that and i'd be like yeah yeah it looks better than it did <laughs> <laughs> Good and enough. so I would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I would, I would like go back to whatever I was doing. I don't know, playing Call of Duty or something. My mom would just like come back and she'd be like, "Did you clean the kitchen?" And I'd be like, 
Yeah, sure did. <laughs> and then she'd be like, "Here, come with me," and we'd like go to the kitchen. She's like pointing out everything that I haven't that I haven't done yet. And so then, but it would be I'd be I'd be such a I'd be such a terrible child because I would then like do like a little bit more, but like not really finish it until it was, we would go like we would the like go back, yeah. <laughs> and then we would go we would like we would go back and forth like four maybe five times until it was like <laughs> and i'm sure i'm sure part of it was like i was just hoping that they would just give up and be like fine whatever <laughs> but i was like that was like a solid solid chunk of my childhood and early teen years of me just doing uh doing yeah doing like the bare minimum and then convincing myself i was done just because like it looked better you know how like when you have to clean your room or something like that but you really like and it's a mess and then you just you like do a little bit like you put all your dirty clothes in a pile and you're like yeah it looks way better now (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah that was like the that was like that was like the main one my mom had a few others which are slipping my mind right now but what was the other thing she said i can't remember she had like a list of she had a list of like of like good stories of like dumb things i did as a kid (laughs) you are not done this work these dishes are not clean exactly Right on. Well, I mean, maybe that's a good transition. Um, not uh, not times you were wrong, but we'd love to hear uh, what's a uh, what's a funny or a dumb mistake that you've made. Could be recent, could be childhood. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so back when back when I was back when I was ele- I think I was eleven years old. I was just about to go into the seventh grade. I went on a trip to the UK with my brother and my grandparents because we have we have like tons of family there. And, uh, so we just kind of started at like the bottom of the UK and we worked our way up to the top in like three weeks. It was great. It was a great trip. And, uh, we're leaving and we're flying out of Edinburgh. We get, we get to, we get to the airport and, um, we're going through, we're going through airport security. Um, and my parent, my parents drilled, like drilled into my brother and I from like an early age, um, that, you know, when you're going through airport security, you're going over, you're going across the border, you answer the questions, you don't say anything else and you say thank you. And then you keep, you keep moving. <laughs> you do not mess around. Yeah, exactly. With customs. And my brother and I were so good at it. We, uh, we had the best manners going through airport security, going across the border and whatnot. But I don't know what, it, you know how like sometimes things will happen and you'll have something in your head and then without really thinking about it you just say it you say it out loud and you you're like oh i really didn't mean to say that out loud (laughs) it was we're like (laughs) so i just want to preface this by saying this is the only time i've ever i've ever maybe said something that i shouldn't have when i was going through airport security (laughs) um so we're going through with we're going yeah we're going through airport security we're just going through like the bag checks they're they're x-raying all of our bags they're putting us through the metal detector and then we get like we we get to the other side and i think my i think my grandmother's like carry-on bag had i think they just wanted to look through it like there wasn't anything in it like that shouldn't have been there but they for whatever reason they wanted to do a bit of a bit of a deeper check grandma wag was looking shifty (laughs) (laughs) and so and that's and that's kind of that's kind of, that's kind of along the lines of I don't remember exactly what I said, 
but I I think what slipped out of my mouth was something like, ha, like, like guess you're like a criminal or something like that. <laughs> like as an as an eleven year old kid, so it was like it wasn't like I'm like like a twenty one year old and I could be like 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 accidentally breaking the news to airport security that like my grandmother's a wanted woman or something like that. But anyways, I like. I, I like said it and I knew exactly when I said it that I shouldn't have. And I was like, <gasps> and, and like my, my grandfather was like, was like, you can't, you can't do that. And I was like, I know, but the, but like the best part about it though, is that, cause it's a story that gets brought up like at least once or twice a year. Uh, <laughs> like every, every wag Christmas and wag Easter. Yeah. Anytime that trip gets brought up really is when um we hear about that. But the thing is, is that just like, any any time that it gets brought up i still don't remember exactly what i said but i do know that every time that someone tells the story whatever i've like said just gets significantly worse every time <laughs> the story gets told yeah wilder so wilder it's like yeah it's just like every time every time i'm like yeah like i get it i get it like i i said something dumb but i was like but i did not say that <laughs> By 2019, like, remember when Dan grabbed the gun out of the holster and yeah. waved it around? Like, Grandma, they're going to find your 10 pounds of hash there. Like. <laughs> Just narking on Grandma. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like we ran some crime family or something. Yeah, if anything, you're the hero. You're, 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 you're flipping on her. You're ratting her out. How does that make him a hero? In the eyes of security, I <laughs> I couldn't handle the pressure of being an 11 year old child in the midst of a of a Scottish crime family. Yeah, I knew too much. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> tough. I would watch this show. Like this is, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I agree. I think AMC will have this show by next year. Yeah, it's Perfect. like the modern Peaky Blinders or something like this. Breaking Wag. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking Wag. Oh man. <laughs> How uh, how long was the delay because of this uh, this little uh, disruption you caused? Like nothing. Like it was nothing. Like it was I. Okay. It, it, the security security either didn't take me seriously because I was eleven years old, uh-huh. or they just or they just didn't hear me because it was mm. like because it was like then they just like looked through the bag. There was nothing in the bag. Like there was like a passport and whatever in the bag, and then we just like walked into the what's it called the we walked into the duty-free shop which is like which is by design really because it's it's no coincidence that right after you go through airport security you have to go through the duty-free shop oh yeah absolutely yeah. Totally anyways like went through there we went through there my like granddad was like not happy <laughs> which i yeah i understand i understand i didn't understand in the at the moment but but also years later, like if nothing really came of it, it's really, really your family that's just looking to like rub your face in, <laughs> in, yeah. in a moment when you were 11. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was picturing like a couple hours getting like searched or something. Yeah, the no. full strip search. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then like, or at the end of the trip, they flag you, open up your trunk, shake down. They couldn't have, they, they couldn't have seemed to care less. <laughs> they couldn't have. Which maybe I should have been worried about that, that I brought up some like pertinent information <laughs> that they could have been interested in. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, kid, like, keep, keep it moving. Keep it moving. 
All right. Well, uh, those are some great stories. Maybe maybe the episode title is like Daniel Wag was wrong and he narked on his grandma. <laughs> Yeah, and almost almost got his grandma arrested. <laughs> yeah, hashtag free grandma wag. True. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'd love to get into uh, our uh, our faith question as well, uh, Dan. I'd love to hear. Um, tell us about like a time you've been wrong in your faith, or a time that you've uh, been challenged or or had to grow in your in your experience of spirituality. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I was kind of I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this question the most out of all of them, uh, right on. Because it was because it was the most serious one, um, and <laughs> I. <laughs> it's a great way to start it off. <laughs> it didn't involve any. It didn't involve any any uh, rifts with, with yeah, your family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah. So I was, I was thinking about it quite a bit. And one of the things I was thinking the most about was just kind of when you come, when you come to a revelation of like, there's no blueprint. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think about, cause it was like, I've been like, I've, I've grown up in church and like church communities and stuff like that since I was since probably since I was born really. Mm-hmm. And the, when you're like a kid being taught, like, the fundamentals of like what the christian faith is it's like well it's very fundamental because like i'm four years old and i can't i can't retain a lot of information and so mm. it's like you know you hit the you hit the big points like christmas you know jesus was born good friday jesus died easter he rose again oh spoilers oh, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> We'll have to put the spoiler alert in the title as well. <laughs> Yo, I'm only halfway through the Bible, bro. Like Dan Wag spoils Easter. Yeah. And then you find I think you find out when you're a bit older. It's like, oh, it's not just like, you know, like I'm here, like God's here. It's like this, like, you're like, oh, it's like a relationship. And you're like, okay. Okay. And then you kind of go from there and you kinda it's just like finding out like on your own that there's like this thing where it's like you lean on people and like try and f- lean on people and try and get like advice and like um like learn from other people about it but at the same time like it's a lot of like finding things out by yourself and finding things out like and then the the moment that you reach that point where you're like okay so like it's no steps i can follow it's not like an instruction manual it's not like a blueprint on how i build this is like what at the point that you get to when it's a bit more like uh I think when you start to understand it more and you kind of understand that it has to be a bit more, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a bit more of intentionality behind it. And it's not just like, you know, the thing that I do like every Sunday. And it's this thing that, you know, I, you know, I, I put in my time this week on Sunday, I sat through the, sat through the service, listened to the message. And so I'm good for the, for the next week. Cause there's like, and there's also like, there's highs and lows of it too. Right. Like, finding it the the thing that's like frustrating is like it's it can be frustrating hearing people talk about like what a spiritual high they're on when you're just like oh i'm putting in like zero effort here and you're like it's like it's like especially it's it's one like you're um it's it's like when someone's doing really well in something that you're not doing well in and you're just frustrated because you're not doing as well Mm. Yeah. And you're just like mm. you're like fumfering and you're like, well, this person's 
person loves God so much. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's really ticking me off. Well, that must be so nice for you. <laughs> oh, honestly, I've been there. Was this a pretty regular rhythm for you? Kind of like how, thinking that there was some sort of blueprint and, and feeling like you weren't uh, you weren't there or like you weren't uh, putting in enough effort to be there or? It was like a, it was, it was like, it was a, it was a win. It was a window frame of like a few years and, and the mm. years of like 12 to like 15. Cause that's at the point you get, you, I feel like you're at where you're kind of like more in tune and more aware. And you're not just being like told stuff by like adults that you're not really retaining super well. Mm-hmm. And you're in this point and you're like, okay, well, this person does this and this person does that. So if I do, you know, that and I do that, then I should be good. And then it's like, I, and, and you kind of feel like in that, and I feel like that was a point where I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm not really getting anything out of this. Like, it was just like doing just like these like steps or whatever that you going, see people going through do. the motions. Yeah, exactly. So it was that. And then by the time that I was, yeah, probably when I was 15, I started doing things. I started being involved in camp again and stuff like that. And you kind of, I, especially like working at camp is just like a very, like, because it's not just like seeing people once a week. It's like you see how people kind of like live in it and you see mm-hmm. how people kind of do things from day to day because it's like everyone, everyone can be on their best behavior on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Everyone can, you know close their eyes and pray like once on a Sunday when the, when the minister's doing it instead of you and, uh, and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like actually getting to like live with people and being like, and just like seeing ways that people kind of like live in their lives like that was really interesting. And like, it was a time where it was like, I kind of like started to know more about and kind of understand like kind of what it, more of what it all meant. I've never really thought of it that way that, um, that's really true that like when you think about the like life and and living out faith at camp versus um like sunday morning at church is is sunday morning at church has its like obviously has its place but it's a very controlled environment compared to camp where yeah yeah you're like you don't know what you're gonna get each week and also like you're you're quote unquote like on the job like the middle of the night and uh like or when you're at your like most tired and so the uh the it makes sense that then that you know for you as i think it has for many people became a place where you're really having to like test drive this thing and this whole faith thing and living in this um living in this kind of particular context um because it's just it's it's 24 7 kind of at that point and so it's it makes sense that that's a place where all of a sudden it's you're going to be thinking about it more and you're going to be encountering the um, like, what do I do in in this situation? And like, how do I, how do I respond here in light of, you know, this faith thing that I'm doing? How do I interact with this person? How do I manage like conflict like here that, uh, yeah, that it makes sense. It's, it's not that controlled environment of Sunday morning. Yeah, for sure. So you talked about this idea of like uh, feeling like there was a blueprint um, or like feeling like there was a particular way that you needed to perform or to, to act in Christian context. Um, I'm wondering kind of what, where are you at now? Is there, is there a different blueprint or is it, 
what 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 how do you view experience of existing in these kinds of spaces i i find that it's i i think i find I, before kind of we got slammed with the pandemic and everything like that my answer probably would have been slightly different but like right now everything's just every everything whether it's you know whether we're in a lockdown like everything's just changing like every every other week or so so then i feel like for a lot of people like just kind of the rhythm and the way that they go about maybe doing things within their faith is probably changing a lot um mm. as it goes as well um i found that i found that recently like i haven't been i haven't been you know i haven't been partaking i haven't been putting in as much effort and whatnot i working working full-time and whatnot and then i'm you know i'm there's lots of things i'm trying to focus on right now and so just kind of in the habit of it of everything that i've been trying to do right now it's been it's definitely been put more on the back burner um so right now it's especially because it's like it's my first time like since since august really it's like my first time working full-time and then like balancing working during the week and then like trying to find time to do things on the weekend and then trying to work on other things that I'm doing and that I'm trying to accomplish as well. And so um, I don't really have much of an answer for it because I'm still trying to kind of figure it out and I'm still trying to kind of figure out what all of it looks like right now. And so I'm hoping that soon I maybe get a bit more of a grasp on it, but um yeah, right now the blueprint is pretty blueprint. If there was like a blueprint, it would be like a lot of like scribble out things, <laughs> like a to do, like a to do list, and you like scratch things off that you didn't really get done. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like I've already passed the point where this could be doable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that I bet I I think that a lot of us can identify with that, mm. especially over the past year, just the way, like you said. There's there is this, you know, intentionality to, um, to walking this life like it's not to walking this like life of faith thing. It's not it's not that it's going to look exactly like it does for someone else, but there yeah, there certainly is like an intentionality. And so when a you're you're in this a transition in life where you're you're uh, working full time now and you're out of like school and um, and the post-secondary thing and also everybody's rhythms have been like so completely flipped um around in the last year i think it's like a completely um normal uh thing and i think a lot of people could identify with the fact that then it's hard to cultivate that kind of intentionality and that's like really understandable Mm -hmm. you bet yeah i kind of picked up on the your intentionality point and connect you connected that to the people going through like different sorts of highs and lows um as well and um no it is interesting to think about how that squares up with pandemic times where your time is so spent in such a strange and like unfamiliar kind of way and then it becomes your world is like shrunk so intensely you know i think one of the things that can be so beautiful about kind of intentionally weaving faith life into um uh, into your kind of day-to-day existence uh, is that it does kind of make you ask those questions like 
what am I doing? Why am I here? You know, how, what, what, what's the purpose of this in larger context? And is this the right kind of direction for me to be on? You know, how am I really like walking this path in, in a thoughtful, intentional way? And then when your life becomes so shrunken and constricted by, you know, all I literally all I can do is go to work and then just come home. And it's like, I almost don't want to like reflect on it in this really deep way and like ask if it's the right thing to be yeah. doing because it's like of course not that i just like i'm thrown back into the anxiety of like being in pandemic mode constantly right. you know it's so it, it is funny the way to, to think about how it, it's harder to be intentional even though maybe you have maybe some people i don't know you, you just said you're working full-time and i am as well so maybe some people have more time on their hands but despite that like trying to be more intentional with that time trying to be more thoughtful about it is almost like more anxiety inducing than it ever had been uh in the past oh i can't imagine working in a church right now and like trying to trying to be like hey people like tune into this like this (laughs) hour-long thing that we put together like get up early on sunday like I, I i finished up a church job right as covid was happening so it was kind of already the plan to take a bit of a break Um, But everybody that I know that was previously like regularly going to church is just like, it's been so nice to take a break or to like, you know, like watch the service later all sped up or like, like just that, uh, that like, oh, go to church every Sunday and like behave a certain way. And all that is just chucked out the window. I think it's a beautiful thing because it's this like potential for like when the world's back to normal to like be like, all right, what, what was good about these Sunday mornings? And let's, let's do that. Like for me, it was so much more the connecting with people and the the communal aspect than the like kind of showing up for the 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 service part of it i don't know i think yeah dan you're definitely you're not alone good good (laughs) yeah and i mean that is the from what you know what we know about you know the early church it was much more you know about that community aspect and that sharing of this life together rather than kind of you know event based um functions and so i think that there is like obviously there's power and a significance to those things but i think you're right there's a lot of things that then along the way have become probably a bigger focus than they need to be and we probably all like having all all grown up in various forms like in the church i know i always like you you hear the, the things that get talked about in terms of like the the hours that are spent debating like the color of the carpet or like whether drums should be like a part of a service and uh, and you just like compare that to what like if, if these are if these are conversations that you can imagine like that the early church doing, um, but just kind of kind of to loop back to that what you were saying earlier, Dan on on that that feeling that I think a lot of people can identify with of sort of measuring yourself and your your own experience with faith against um, what you're seeing in others um, in this so. You know, I, I think that is that is a, a thing, especially in the, the camp world, when you work so close with people and are li- literally like living with them for a couple months. Um, I think that's something that that is an important thing for us to think about, like how that can happen um, in, where, where you where you measure yourself and you look at somebody who's having a particular experience um, or energy with like their life and faith. And yeah, you immediately think, well, if I'm not having that. Like, am I? Am I off track or am I off base? Um, is there, do you think that like this year in being separated from people uh, that there is like kind of an opportunity for almost like a, like a resetting of that? Um, 
if that makes sense. Like you're, you're so close to people for so long at camp. So it's very easy to compare yourself to other people. Um, and do you think that then by having a little bit of space from people, is it possible that this could, that there could be like opportunities for um, kind of overcoming that, that stumbling block of comparing yourself to yeah, I think I think there definitely is. I think it's it it's that thing of um you know how it, cuz it people's people's faith isn't also something that is normally like really super broadcasted over social media. Like no, you, you never really see a lot of people like posting being like I had a breakthrough like I was brought to my knees and stuff like that. Like you don't like maybe maybe you guys do. Maybe maybe we follow different pages. But um <laughs> Um, but like, I never see any of that. And so it's like, so it's, yeah, it's things like, um, cause there's some things like that, that are, even though, you know, I'm not seeing anyone right now. Um, it's, you know, seeing, I don't know, someone's accomplishment broadcasted that maybe like someone's doing something that I'm also trying to do, but I'm getting nowhere with it. But they are like, oh, I just climb the mountaintop of whatever that thing that I'm trying to achieve is. And like, you see that and you're like, you post that comment with a lot of emojis and you're like, so awesome. So happy for you and blah, blah, blah. But you never, so, but you never see anyone posting like that on social media. Cause which is the only way you really see into other people's lives right now, unless you actually like have a phone call with them or you hop on zoom with them. And so I definitely think now is like a time to like make, to like, in that term of doing a reset is definitely like, it's a good time to do it just because you, you don't have as many people to like see and compare yourself to. Um, I know when I did the, uh, the being interviewed for this podcast, I felt like a certain amount of like, Oh, I should like, I should act like I was wrong back then, but I've got it kind of sorted out now. And now I'm like a good Christian again or something. Um, and I had to like catch myself before we had the conversation to be like, not to not do that. Um, like I'm thinking about your, uh, you know, feeling like, like when you're like 12 or 13 and like feeling like, oh, other people have got this sorted out and I don't, I don't really feel like I know what's going on. And I'm willing to bet that like all the other 12 and 13 year olds also felt that, um, and felt like a certain need to like perform. So then it was just kind of this, I, I don't know, this is maybe my experience more than yours, but, um, it felt like there was times in my life where I was in a, in a context where it was just like, we were all just waiting for one person to be like, Hey, I don't know about this. And then everyone would like have a sigh of relief and be like, Oh, we don't know about this either. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to like, thank you for your coming at this podcast in a, in a space of like, yeah, I, I don't have a blueprint now. I don't got this because people can hear this and be like, Oh, Daniel, Wag doesn't know either. Oh, that's what a relief and have a collective sigh in our right. community. We can all, we can all, find comfort in the fact that Dan Wegg doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> sit back and we can all, we can all be like, thank God. Uh, what a relief. But I think there is something like, for, yeah, there is something so liberating about that because I, yeah, I think there is a certain like house of cards, like Jenga tower thing of, yeah, the, the especially um, to again, go back to like comparisons to the early church to now, like, it's only like with social media and with like, you know, the ability to know so many people and have so many networks and in like the church and camp life to have so many connections. Um, I think it, it, it's probably harder than ever not to compare ourselves to like in our experiences with our life and our, with our faith, like 
harder than ever not to compare ourselves because we have so many like, oh, well, this person is having like a super like positive experience right now. Or like you said, yeah, this person just like had a huge revelation or they just like are working on this project that is like getting all this success. And, and so, yeah, I, I also think that it is, it is very liberating to just be real and go, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like really hard to know what's, what's going on and, and, and knowing like how I feel about this right now. And I think that that is, um, especially if you look at the, like the, the walk that Jesus had with the disciples, how many times, like how, how much more uh, unlearning the disciples had to do when they were like, they were really sure, like, this is, this is the, this is what Jesus is going to do. And this is what the kingdom of God will look like. And it's going to usher in this, this thing that we're all expecting. And then it's like nothing like what they expected. And that there's probably a lot of room for uh, us to have more, conversations where we go yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure what uh what i'm supposed to do next or i'm not sure what you know what this whole thing is about right now and uh thinking about like the the, the space that there is for um for doubt and for figuring it figuring things out rather than presenting a front like gotta look like you have it together or or at least talk like you have it together because how many people really, really have that actual blueprint? Probably only the people who are like kidding themselves. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, um, some good thoughts there, and I appreciate you sharing your experience. I wonder, um, to, to wrap up this part of the, the conversation, would you have any quick, uh, nice little soundbite advice for somebody who is existing in a faith community um, and looking around and seeing everybody else and thinking, oh, these people have it together and I don't. What would you, what would you say to that, that person? I would say, I would say that there's, there's, so many, there's some things that like when you hear advice for it, where it so, and it sounds like the most simple thing, but it's the most frustrating thing to hear. Mm. Like, um, like right now I'm just in the midst of like writing a ton of music and stuff like that just for like myself and, whatnot that like may maybe might get put out at some point maybe it won't but like just talking i have like lots of friends who are you know doing things and putting music out and having like great success with it right now and um just like talking with some people and and being like just take your time with it like there's like a lot of there's a lot of this like immediate pre like i'm trying like in a parallel between like the faith and like with doing music like right now there's mm -hmm. like there's a lot of this just like invisible pressure that like I put on myself because I'm seeing like this person's doing this and this person like put this album out and this person did this and they did that. And so I'm like, well, should I be, should I be doing something? Maybe I should rush this. But like if I rush it and I try and like find some shortcut and I try and find some loophole, like eventually like in, in the end, like whatever I put out isn't going to be as good. So I would say if like, you're seeing all these people around you that are like and you're like oh these people are so connected to god and whatnot and it's just like it's just take take your time because the thing is too is that no one's like i i'm i'm sure may, i'm sure maybe once or twice but like i'm sure like people don't normally like look at me and be like i'm sure that guy has a bad relationship and like schedule for like cultivating a relationship with jesus christ <laughs> 
<laughs> just look at him. <laughs> look yeah. at him. It's look all over him. We can tell. It's uh, it's all in his face. But yeah, like no one's no one's thinking about it. like you're the you're the person that's t- that's telling yourself that like everyone else is thinking about this and that like it's a bad thing that like you have no idea what you're doing. So I would just say no pressure is what I would say. Mm. No pressure. Take your time. The oldies but the goodies. Yeah, exactly. I'm 21. I'm only 21. Really? I got time. I got time. Well, that's true. That's true. I always think you're a bit older. I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know? I yeah. mean, next year you're Fingers crossed. I don't have a ti- timely demise. <laughs> Grim. No, I, th- I think that there's like just something so important for that because especially in like in in the 21st century everything is so like fast-paced and like production-based where it's like you gotta have an opinion about this or you gotta have this you gotta have something to show for yourself like literally especially on social media like every day and i think there is something yeah really liberating and like we, we i've heard people talk about just like that there's you know this this dimension of there's our time and like there's god's time which of course is like covers a much more expansive uh, space than our brief stop on the earth and we can get really caught up especially in 2021 where you gotta yeah you gotta have a post as soon as something happens and you gotta have an opinion as soon as something happens that uh the ability to um not uh feel like you have to have that timing that you see maybe someone else having is is, is again like really important and liberating Without a doubt, for sure. I agree. Right on. Well, uh, if anybody has any thoughts, feel free to interrupt me. But otherwise, uh, we'll wrap up with a uh, another fun one, another light little uh, little cue for you. Oh, I, I, had a, I actually had a fun question for that I thought specifically for Dan. Yeah. Um, another another uh, another good wrong question. Dan, what was a band or a music act that you feel like you were wrong about in your life, especially as a musician, as an artist? Like it could go either way where there's something like as a kid that you thought was the best thing in the world or or as a kid, you were like, I would never listen to this band or this musician. And now you've come around Mm. in your elder wise years. Okay. Have you flipped on any uh, any musicians and acts in your day? Well, there's like there's 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 the big there's the big ones out there. So there's like, you know, I was growing up as a young child, just as Justin Bieber was like taking off. Oh yeah, and st- mm-hmm. and like where it was just like it was just this weird, like, cultural thing as young children as boys that we hated Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was Backstreet Boys in the nineties. Yeah, you just all, all uh, like. Everybody likes them, and so you know, with some as as a child growing up, surrounded by insecurity and toxic masculinity, you're like, well, I I got I got to talk about how terrible these guys are. <laughs> yeah, like I went to camp. I went to camp. My last time that I was like a camper at camp was I can't remember what year it was, but it was like it was like the peak of Justin Bieber's baby, mm, yes. like the peak of that playing and so, every day. Oh yeah. And as all the boys were like, oh, we hate it. We hate Justin Bieber. And blah, 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 blah. But it was like, no, he's pretty cool. Like, you guys yeah. hear that new song that he has out? You hear that song, Peaches? So good. With him and, like, Daniel Caesar and, uh, what's his name, Gibeon? 
Um, uh-huh. so good. Lots mm. of lots of it's tasty. Um, <laughs> but like, um, there's also there's also other bands. Like, I think I I understand the um, I understand at times kind of the flack that Nickelback gets. I understand <laughs> it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes it's like it's like give give if today was your last day like a listen oh my God. it's like pretty 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 banging song or what's the one that what's the what's the one Nickelback like, this, is gonna, this is gonna be the nickelback redemption episode you're gonna turn <laughs> you're gonna turn the public back to going you know what give them a chance hey this could be another one of those moments you know everybody's thinking it and we need daniel wag to say it for us to all feel okay I'm like, Nickelback I'm not, might be all right. I'm not saying oh. like I'm not saying like the last time that I just like listened to Nickelback was a long time ago. But every now and again, it's like you hear songs like what's that one song that's like um we're going out tonight. Oh, of course, out. that's like, the song for Monday Night Raw. That I, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song, man. Like if you're looking to get if you're looking to get like pumped up, yeah. like so, like look no further. <laughs> yeah, burn oh, it yeah. down, man. And the last one, the last one that I have is um, someone that I'm actually a huge fan of, like not ironically or anything like that, but I'm a huge, huge fan of Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, same. And when Carly Rae broke with Call Me Maybe, like I was, it was like every other person. It was like, it gets to a point where it's like, it's so popular and it's played so often that you're just like, I'm done. Like Carly Rae Jepsen sucks. And then it gets to a point because there's like a few, there's like years between that and when I actually started listening to her again. And it was like, I was like every other person who knows nothing about Carly Rae Jepsen. It's like, oh, she only has Call Me Maybe and like that's it. But then she she has two, these two albums, Emotion and Dedication. Mm. And they're absolutely phenomenal. It's like 80s, it's like 80s like revival, big grooves great tunes i went and saw her live in um, oh, wow in 2019 yeah it was like right at the end of 29 september of 2019 she came to london and i have a bunch of like i have a bunch of friends who are like really into i actually went with i went with logan wolf and oh yeah the, so we all like went to camp dude yeah so we went and saw carly ray jepson at the london music hall it was phenomenal. I bet. I was like, I was like, I was losing my mind. I was singing along to every song. But yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen is one because a lot of people have like a preconceived idea on her because they ha- just haven't heard anything else that she's done because nothing else has really reached that the height that Call Me Maybe did. She had that one song off of Emotion that the I really, 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 really like that song. Like that song was good, but easily not the best song off of that album easily oh and man but, you like you just pulled it all back around it to to say you know if there if there's a wrong that we can identify with that's been kind of covered in a couple of different ways today it's just like those preconceived ideas that we that we form at some point and uh it's really hard to climb out of that box there's something that like whether it's faith or music if we start out like those first impressions it's really hard to dig your heels like out of that and it's it's pretty it can then be pretty great when you either realize like hey maybe uh maybe my faith doesn't have to look like uh the person that i've worked at camp with like all summer maybe carly ray jepson actually 
as more than just a one-hit wonder uh, in the song bank here. So again, some pretty uh, some pretty liberating things when we can uh, jump outside our preconceived uh, ideas. So true. We should get Carly on um, this podcast. See if we can get Carly. Oh yeah, hey, um, you uh, you're in the you're in the, you and Tim are the, the music industry folks. So uh, <laughs> you guys got the connections. Perfect. We'll give it a go. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll check out my contacts. I don't know anyone that knows Carly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, go ahead and wrap it up there. We got some profound wisdom. Got uh, take it easy in life. Take your time. Check out Carly Rae Jepsen. All uh, all really solid advice coming from Daniel Wag. And uh, appreciate your your vulnerability and your sharing. Thanks for uh, coming on for the podcast. Sure. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Mm-hmm. It's nice to catch up. Oh, what about uh, Dan's uh, perfect day? Oh yeah, Dan, what's uh, what's uh, what's your perfect day like? Great question, great question, Tim. Uh, my perfect day. Um, the setting of it is not um, while we're in a pandemic, as nice. probably everybody's perfect day is. <laughs> and so I'm probably like I'm probably in. I don't know, somewhere outside of Toronto, mm-hmm. but then gather up some, some friends, a couple lads, and then we like take the go train into Toronto. Yeah. And we go there, we get there around lunchtime and then we go eat somewhere. And then we kind of just go, we find like, we kind of maybe go, we maybe bar hop a little bit. And we go for like Pat. Mm-hmm. It's during the summer. It's during the summer. Of course. Adios. And, um, but yeah, we kind of go patio to patio, and then we either um, we kind of have a good time during the afternoon, eat some good food, have a few bevies, and then we would uh, we would go see a show probably at like either the Danforth Music Hall or Ooh, yeah. the Phoenix or maybe even the Opera House, like a mm-hmm. nice kind of mid sized. Like I don't want to be in an arena. No. Or um, the largest I would go is like Budweiser Stage or like the the amphitheater, and so we could still like be outside there, and we would go see um, we would go see a band, no band in particular probably, but just not not off the top of my head. But we go see someone super cool, <laughs> and then we would spend way too much money on drinks there because mm. we just won the lottery. Oh, uh, what a twist! And we're able to spend twelve dollars on a single drink. Exactly. On, on a, no, on a, no on a, repercussions. On a Bud Light with a twelve dollars for on a Bud Light with lime. Exactly. <laughs> Those yeah, exactly. The, the concert prices. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, either that or I've been like, I've been pretty into to basketball recently, and so I would. Lo- I've never been to a Raptors game, so it'd be cool to go see a Raptors game. Oh yeah. Did and you then, watch them win the championship a couple of years ago? Where where were you? When, no, no, no. This was, was like I I, I started watching basketball when it came back back last summer, like when they opened and they started doing the bubble, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is and there was just like and I didn't quite have like I wasn't hadn't started my job yet, and there was just like games on all the time, and that's when I started. That's when I started watching. I haven't really watched a lot this season though because I cry every time I watch the Raptors mm. normally. But yeah, there's the perfect day. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a beauty of a day. Yeah, some good days. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries. No worries at all. See y'all next week. And here's a little more Sneaker Club to take us out. I know some people having foolish dreams.